Hello, welcome to the Kumi Sheree podcast. I am Kish Kumi Price. And I am Dina Sheree. And Dina's going to start with our grounding scripture just to get us going um, on this second episode. And first of all, we just want to say thank you for joining us on this journey. We've had a lot of great feedback from people. (laughs) And so (laughs) we're just glad to be able to uh, share this time with you. And we pray that this is uh, meaningful, that you get something out of it. And if you do, we just ask that you share with somebody else that you think could be blessed by it. Absolutely. And so the grounding scripture for today is in Zephaniah, it's chapter three, verse 17. And I'm going to start reading for the Lord. Your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness with his love. He will calm all of your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. And so, um, you know, I kind of this this topic this week, um, honestly, we really kind of wait until this moment with you all uh, to hear what God is saying about what we should talk about. So um, maybe for you all, it may seem like we we've just been laboring over this and, and we are disciples of Christ. And so maybe in a way we have labored over it. Right. Because we read the Bible and things of that nature but we really wanted it to be spirit led. And so the conversation happened kind of yesterday, a little bit, just kind of talking um, where the Holy Spirit asked me, can you disappoint God? Like, can you, can you disappoint him? And you know how sometimes like when, when you're asked a question that seems really easy, like what's two plus two, right? Your mind goes four, right? When he asked me that I immediately had an answer, but then I was like, wait, let me make sure, let me make sure I kind of digest this and see if it's like, if this is the answer I really want to say. And my answer was, no, I can't disappoint God. I can't disappoint him. However, I can offend him, right? There's a difference between him being disappointed in me and then him being offended with me. And the offense comes in because he is a holy God, right? He is a holy God. And because we are still, um, I mean, the Bible says we're filthy as rags, right? So on our best day, our best day, right, that we can offer him, he's still more holy than we are. And so he gets offended by us, but he's never disappointed. And that's why the scripture today speaks about how he delights in us, because he really honestly does. He really sings over us. And he, he, he does it because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Kish, you want to jump in? Sure. I, you know, it, it makes me think about my own kids. Um, you know, there's this love that you have for your kids that when you think about God saying how much he loves us and then how much he loves our kids and it's beyond what we can ever imagine. Yeah. That love for us is what also provides that opportunity for him not to be disappointed in us because he loves us and he knows us so much that he knows what we're going to do. He knows what we're what we're thinking. Um, So there's no disappointment because he already knows. And when I think about my own kids, like not to, you know, put one of my sons on blast, but we were talking about (laughs) 
we were talking about him getting a tattoo. Yeah. And of course, you know, once you're of age and you're using your own money to do things, it's it's your call. And he wanted to get a tattoo. And I'm not anti-tattoo, but I am saying, you know, my my guidance to him was, so when you're 90, 99 years old, 100, you know, make sure it's something that you're going to be okay looking at on your body. <laughs> like, right. What, make sure that it's that. And, um, you know, and then also being aware of, you know, what's meaningful to you now may not be meaningful to you later. So give, you yeah. know, give some thought about those things. And so, you know, and I know people have very different opinions about that. Some people are so anti anything, you know, like it's, yeah. Mentioned in the Old Testament not to have markings on your body and all that thing. So I know that some people are so just anti it. My point being, he decided to go ahead and get a tattoo. And if he decided to get something that I disapproved of, right? Something that was offensive and it's all on his neck and his face and whatever, I could be displeased, right? And I could be disappointed because I could think, I didn't think you, you know, when we talked about this, I didn't think that was the direction you were going in. Mm -hmm. So I'm displeased because of what I would have desired for you. And I'm disappointed because I didn't think you would have done that. Right. Right. Because I'm not all knowing. I'm not omniscient. Right. So I have no idea that he was going to do that. And I, he didn't. Thank God. But um, he got it on his leg. But, you know, I I am aware of how we have the the blessing of having an all-knowing father that yeah. nothing catches him by surprise. So right. nothing that we do and nothing that happens to us is catching him by surprise. So he can't be disappointed. I don't have to cower in in shame and guilt and <laughs> feel like my my relationship with him is in jeopardy because of something that I did or something that I thought and ruminated on that thought. Um yeah, so that that's what I, I started to think about when you talked about uh, that disapproval or disappointing. Right. What does that really mean? Yeah. Right. And the beautiful thing about that is that, you know, that's why he is God, right? Because he can know our complete story, know all of the valleys, right? Like all of the valleys and still... Mm -hmm. Um, love us and, and actually create a path for us to still be in communion with him, right? Like he didn't have to send Jesus, right? But he delighted in his creation that he created a path for me to be able to still communicate, to still be in his presence, to still, you know, love him and, and honor him. And, and then like he sees me through Jesus, right? Like, mm. like that just is enough right there for me to rejoice. Because every yes. day, right? Like there's thoughts, there's feelings, there's emotions, there's things that you say, there's things that you do. These are the things that you are present and you are aware of, right? How many things are you yes. doing that you're not fully aware of, right? And even mm -hmm. still in that, right? God rejoices over us. And so here's another scripture, you all, that's just, I just want you, like, I think, I think if nothing else, right, we want you to understand today how God loves you, that he really does love you. And and you may have fallen into a place of sin. You may have heard God tell you to do something like last week, right? Right. We wanted you to, to grab a hold of God doing a new thing in your life. You got this word. 
Some of you all were really energized, excited, and we got the love and, and we were just so honored to be a part of that with you. Um, but this is a different week. Right. And maybe you heard him last week and you were supposed to do a thing. He was like, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it. And you ain't done it yet. And now we're a week out of, out, from that. We've been there. We have all been there where we have heard a word. We've got energized by it. We are excited about it. And then life, life, life us. Right. We just life came through. And now you're a week out from that excitement and you're like, I didn't do it and I can't do it now. And I'm not going to do it now. Right. And so. Even in doing that, we're coming back this week. I feel like God's come back this week and saying, even though you you wanted to try to, to step out on this thing and you will at some point. And even if you don't, I still delight in you. I still rejoice in singing over you. And a lot yes. of times we we don't. Have you ever thought about if somebody has told you that God is pleased with you, how you respond? It's almost like a breaking, right? When your parents tell you that they love you and how much they like they love you and that they're proud of you. That's when you start getting grown, grown men to cry, right? That's when you start (laughs) seeing a breaking happen because how we long to hear those words how we long to to feel that that embrace of words that I'm out here trying to do the best I can and and you have said that you're proud of me that you rejoice over me and so let me just let me just give you another scripture right this is psalm 18:19 you guys and it says um the reason God delivered me from all my enemies from all my sorrows and the powers of hell is because I am precious to him right like we are precious we usually um, talk about that word with like babies or stones, a precious stone, right? That you have to handle with all kinds of care, right? And he's delivered us because he is delighted in us. So there's that word delight again, right? Like he didn't delight after you, after the thing. It means he says that he delivered you because he delighted, right? So he came to save you because he delighted in you. He sent Jesus because he delighted in you. Like I just could go on, but that, that makes me hot. That makes me happy. Do you know what I'm saying? Because (laughs) when your parents are not there, you know, and no one's there to tell you that you, you're, Hey, you all right. When you hear that from God, that's greater than anything from anyone. Right. That's, that's, those are the things that you hear in the midnight hour by yourself. No one's around. Not that they don't love you. They just ain't there at that moment. When you hear that from God, that he loves you, that he delights in you, forget about it. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's crazy when you really think about it. I think part of it has to do with our misinformation. Like we have gotten to a place where we feel like we have to do something in order for people to approve of us or to love us or to accept us. So, you know, I know for a while I I battled with a people pleasing spirit. I was in this space of trying to figure out how to make sure everybody's happy. Like everybody's okay. I might not be okay, but everybody else is okay. How do I do that? And then it became really clear to me that that's not possible. Like there's no way for you to please people. And I'll share this quick story. It was Um, actually I was really young when this happened, but, um, I was in a fourth, fifth grade split classroom, elementary, taking it back, dual rider elementary and in Flint, Michigan. And, um, 
I remember I was being teased because I, you know, it was one of those things where our teacher was really just trying to get people to be more inspired, taking their academics more seriously. So he would share, you know, the grades or who had the highest or who, you know, scored. Mm -hmm. And of course, your kids, right? So you're looking at each other's work or whatever. And so it started this thing where it was like, uh, like she, oh, she always getting A's. Oh, she always look. uh. And so when that happened, it made me feel some type of way because I don't like to be in the anybody's crosshairs. Like I really like, let's not talk about me, right? So because that was a thing or it became a thing, I was like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. This next test, I'm not getting an A. I'm going to make sure that I don't get an A. Yeah. So I didn't get an A. I got, I think I ended up getting a C, you know, at that time it was A, B, C, you know, A, A plus, A minus, all that. And I remember I was like, okay, now let's see what they're going to say. Yeah. So our papers, we get our papers out. My teacher's looking at me like, ma'am, like, what are you doing? Like, right. this is not reflective of your work. And I, I'm seeing through you. I know something's up here. Yeah. So everybody's looking and whatever. And I'm, I'm just excited because I'm like, okay, so now they're getting ready to see my paper, see that I didn't get an A and they can stop talking. Yeah. What they do, what they do, they didn't stop talking. They were like, I, what? You got to see? How you get a C? You supposed to get all A's. And I, and I said, oh my gosh. I said, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Either way, you go talk about me. Yeah. I might as well do my best right. and do what I know I can do because mm-hmm. then at least I know that I've done what I'm supposed to do. If right. you don't talk about me either way, why does it matter? Right? Like that was right. one of my first lessons on people pleasing is not the way. And yeah. so when we look at God and we think if we think that we're supposed to earn his love, hmm. then that's that's just a dumb use of time. It really is. I mean, when you really think about it, is we came before we even came out of the womb, he said, I loved you. Right. I I sent my son to die for you so that right. you can have an abundant life before you even came out of your mother's womb. Right. He knew us. He knew us. He said he knew us before he formed us in the womb. So that to me is um, an indication for us to be in a place where we understand we we have to deal with whatever. I'll say stinking thinking, negative thoughts, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That we have that puts us in this place where we can't accept the free gift of God's love and grace. Like he's saying, here it is. You don't have to do anything to earn this. Right. You don't have to make me feel any type of way. I already felt it before I even, you even knew yourself. Let's put it right. that way. Right. And here's the thing, you all, I feel like people get to this space of wondering if God is disappointed, wondering if they still have his love is because after that, after that intersection, right, of you and Christ meeting, right, boom, right, he's always known you, but you finally know him, right? After that intersection, there's this process, you all, that's called sanctification. And I'm sure if you joined any church that was in the new members class, right? And then after you get around, get away from new members, 
you might forget that there's, that's that process that takes place, right? And it doesn't mean that after the intersection with Christ, that your life is just perfect, right? Like, honestly, it really goes left after that point, right? Because now you are moving in purpose. Now you, you got mm-hmm. it. You're connected. You're, you, you've been grafted in, right? And so now you're going to start seeing God show up in so many more ways. You're going to start recognizing, right? Because he's always been there. You're going to start recognizing him. You're also going to start recognizing the enemy attacking you and all of these things. And during that process of sanctification, right, you just you just get up caught up in life. Right. Like it doesn't mean that you never will fall short of his glory. It doesn't mean that you won't sin. Right. Right. And there's sometimes like it catches you off guard. Somebody cuts you off. Are you flipping the bird? Are we still saying that? I mean, are you cussing somebody <laughs> out? I don't even know if you're still saying flipping the bird, but do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I know me personally. Right. Like one of the things that I've had to battle with also people pleasing, but like I don't really fool around. With a whole like, if we don't like each other, we just don't like each other. And I wasn't the one to argue with you. Like I just went straight to hands. I just went to straight. I know it's probably hard to believe, but it's true, right? And so I had to. God had to work on me. Had to work. Ask my mama. God had to work on me in that place, right? And so, I mean, if I was going by my behavior after the intersection with Christ, if I was just going by that alone, I would say God is not pleased. <laughs> God doesn't, he says, psych, rewind, reverse, reverse. You know what I mean? He would have said, she's not a part of my house, right? Had Had I just been looking at my behavior, right? But because of the intersection with Christ, because I accepted him, right? Repented all that good stuff. Now I look completely different to God, right? And so, you know, I just want you all like, like, just like Kish and I had to go through this process, like give yourself some grace, Give yourself some grace through this process because that's what sanctification looks like, right? It's glory to glory, right? You should be different from yesterday and tomorrow you'll be different from today. That's that's what it should look like. It's small incremental stuff, guys. It's not huge leaps and bounds, you know, like it, it really isn't. I know that this world tends to make you think that everything happens overnight when somebody loses a lot of weight. How'd you do? And they were like, I've been working out for 16 months, right? Right. Don't nobody know their story, but like them, they, you just see before and after and you trying to figure out what the secret recipe is. And it's like, nah, I just went through this process over time. And so I think that a lot of times people get caught up in wondering if God is disappointed, if he's not pleased with you is because you have been walking with Christ for a certain amount of time and you've fallen into some places, maybe to some old mindsets. You haven't been renewed every day like like he asked for us to be, right? Like he commands us to be. And then, and then the enemy kind of comes in, right? And starts talking to you and you wonder, does God still delight in me? And, and we just want to be reminders that yes, he still delights in you. And still, not only does he delight in you, but he still has a calling for you, right? Like you are still purpose. You woke up this morning, you watching this, you still have a purpose, right? You still have a call to, to, to connect him, but then also, um, let, let your light shine before people to bring other people in. And so you no longer have to worry about if he, if he delights in you, the answer is yes, he does. Yes, 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 yes. And 
You know, I I wonder too about the impact that some of those lies from the enemy will have yeah. um, on people who start to believe the lies, right? So if you're in a space where you really have started to believe that you're not worthy of love mm. or you've had a bad human relationship with yeah. your father or your mother or family members or mm. somebody who said they were supposed to love you, a, you know, a, your person um, that betrayed you, you know, and dealing with that rejection, sometimes it can spill over into your relationship with God where you can be yeah side-eyeing God, where it's like, wait a minute, you know, when I did this thing, it caused this person to feel this, this way. And so now they feel a type of way. So they treat me differently. Yeah. So then you start thinking, it's almost like you're positioning yourself to believe that God is the same way. Yeah. So I did this thing that I don't think God is pleased with. And now he's going to treat me some yeah. type of way. Yeah. Right. And, and to the point where it can be re- very um, deceiving when life starts life in and you mm-hmm. think it's God being mad at you, you know, like, yeah. oh, it must be because I didn't do this thing or yeah. that one thing he asked me to do that I haven't done yet. And now he's and I'm not saying that's not the case. Sometimes God will do things to get our attention, to get us to. <laughs> Hello. Then then get out of the boat. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Get out of the boat. He might put us in the belly of a whale for a minute. You know, he'll do what he needs to do to get our attention. But there are times when you're literally just dealing with the the storms of life. And it's not so much anything that's uh negative, like God saying, I don't, I don't like you anymore, or, or you know, my hand is off of you. Um, it's just that if you start believing those negative thoughts, those lies that the enemy is trying to convince you of that God's love is conditional. That's really what we're talking about. God's love is unconditional, unconditional. Like, and there's no way for us to really perceive it in the way that it it truly is the reality of his love, because we want to judge. We want to be able to say this person. deserves this punishment, right? If they did this thing, then they deserve that. If they killed all these people, then they deserve that. Yeah. But we see time and time again in, in the word. I mean, when you talk about Saul being transformed into Paul and what he did, like he, it was his life style. It was his life to kill, (laughs) to kill people. Like that's what he was doing. He was killing Absolutely. And God still used him, right? Like mightily. And so we have to get to that place of realizing that not just for us, but even for the people around us, people who have hurt us, people who we, if we were God would say, you know, if we had the control, I'll say it that way, um, would have condemned them, shamed them, guilted them into whatever, and God says, no, that's not my way. That's not how I, how I roll. I love them just like I love you. Right. And that's, that's difficult to swallow for, for a lot of us, right? Because it's like, but how can you love them when they've done this? 
How yeah. can you love them when they act like that? Um, and how can you love them when they did that to me? You know, but he does. His love is unconditional for all of us. Right. And I think one of the things as you were talking, this kind of thought came to my mind. Isn't it interesting how we as Christians, believers, we're in church or wherever, and we see someone accept Christ for the first time. We, we might have known what their life was like, what they was into, right? Like we might be aware, right? Mm-hmm. And, we, and we see them surrender to Christ, how we rejoice over them. We're excited. They right. came to Christ, right? Isn't right. it interesting how Angels we re- are rejoicing. Exactly. Yeah. But isn't it interesting how we respond to that person as opposed to how we respond to somebody who gave their life to Christ five years ago and they made a mistake? Mm. She gave her life yes. to Christ three, four years ago, but she's pregnant. She's not married. Yes. Yes. Right? How do we, why are we responding to that person who accept Christ for the first time, right? And repenting and asking for forgiveness. How are we responding to that person that way, but not responding to that person who's asking for forgiveness, who was trying to get back into relationship with Christ or whatever the case may be after falling short, after giving a life to Christ and in, in being in a, in a sinful place, right? Like, how are mm-hmm. you judging that person? <laughs> but this person you rejoice over. Hallelujah, they gave the life to Christ, right? Right, how, right. How, is that, how is that even a thing, right? And that the thing is, is that God rejoices over both of those people. Mm. Right. So good. And, and yes, it's, it's and we so have good. to be challenged in that area. Right. We have to challenge yeah. ourselves to grow up in Christ. Right. And to rejoice over the person who accepted Christ for the first time, but also rejoice with somebody who's been backslid and comes back. Right. Who has mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, transparent. I have a daughter. She's amazing. She just she's just the she's the coolest human be- human being that I that I promise I know. Um, but I was not married. I was not married when I had her, when I became pregnant and, um, and I was in church and I was in ministry and, and, and I, I, all the things. And, um, in the very beginning, I was very concerned about what does this look like? Right. Like, did Mm. I just wipe out my witness? Did I, you know, like, what does this Mm. really look like? And what Mm. I found is that the moment that I took my sin to Christ, I said, gosh, my sin is before me, right? Because before when you're fornicating, right? No one has to know, but you and the person. But when it produces something, right? When it bears fruit, now your sin is before people, right? And my sin produced, right? And and so I was like, God, this thing has happened. And I'm I'm asking you to forgive me. And I'm and I'm, I'm and, and I accepted his forgiveness. Like I asked for it mm-hmm. and I accepted it. Right. And I moved. Right. I moved in a way that I knew he had forgiven me. If you ask my mama, just anybody that knew me at that time I was pregnant, I was the happiest pregnant person you ever want to see. Right. And and I wouldn't I wasn't even aware if somebody was judging me for being pregnant out of wedlock. Like I would not have even known. I probably would not even care because I had so much joy. Right. Because yeah. he loved me unconditionally, even though That's that thing it. had just happened. Right. And I just said, God, you know, this is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. Me, just because I don't have that other person to help care for this, this human being. This is going to be hard. I'm, I'm going to ask you also to help me. So not only did he delight in me and forgive me, but he helped me to raise her. 
right? Mm. Like he helped me to raise her, to provide for her, to be there for her, right? So that, so that not only was she seeing my walk through Christ and she continues to, but seeing my walk through Christ, but then it started to build something in her. It started Mm. to lay that foundation of who Christ is and could be in your life once you surrender to him. And so you guys, I, here's the challenge, right? Cause we all fall short, right? And sometimes, you know, when our sin doesn't bear fruit, we feel like we're getting away with it. I can just talk to God or whatever. And then when it comes out, it's like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. Right. And, and, and we rejoice with the person who gave their life to Christ for the first time, but we really struggle with, with accepting and loving that person who has fallen into sin and needs to be brought back or has come back and, 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 um, accepting them back into that place. Right. Just remember God, just as he's rejoicing over you, he is rejoicing over them. And so I just want to challenge you in that area where you might see those things pop up in your mind. Even if it's a thought, nobody else knows, you know, it, you know, you had Mm -hmm. the thought, right. Challenge Mm -hmm. yourself, right. To really begin seeing people, um, as Christ sees them and really challenge yourself to see yourself that way. Like, thank well, God, yes. God don't see me, <laughs> don't see me the way that I am. He sees me through the lens of Jesus. Like Jesus is a constant filter. Constant. He's an ultimate yes. filter, right? He's the filter that yes. you want, right? Don't forget, don't forget about the LED light, the warm light. No, Jesus is the filter that you that you want forever and ever. Amen. So I just I just want to challenge you guys in that area because you know Holy Spirit dropped that on me that we do make a very dis- staunch separation between rejoicing over somebody who's given their life to Christ the first time and as we should, but also someone who has fallen into sin and comes back, right? There's some people who are excited mm-hmm. and other people who still feel like they need to go through a punishment, a period, a period of punishment, right? So that they are aware that you are not okay with what they had did. As if yes. it matters. Because right. it, it, it don't matter. Yeah. It, it, it feels weird too, to me, because <clears throat> I don't know, and maybe it's just me, but I know I've been in a place where I've tried to almost punish myself, you know, like instead of accepting God's grace for something, I'm just like, I can't, you know, like I, I feel so bad about what I did. I can't, you know, so I feel like I have to inflict punishment on myself. Like that's not of God either. Right. He doesn't want us in that space at all. And we started off this episode talking about, can you disappoint God? And the answer being no. Yeah. Um, Can we displease him? Yes. Yes. Can we disappoint him? No. Why? No. Because he knows everything. Right. But can we disappoint people? Can we disappoint man? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't know why, Dina, when you were sharing that story, I just thought about, um, and not just story, um, let me make it clear, sharing your life with us mm-hmm. and how God guided you through that time and continues to guide you that there are a lot of people who I think have negatively associated God with church. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we Mm -hmm. really can't have this discussion without saying that we, and acknowledging church hurt, you know, people who have been hurt by the church because they've been judged for their sins, you know, as if God forgives you of your sin, but the church never did. 
yeah. or you didn't do what was expected of you because yeah. they wanted you to be involved in 10 ministries, but you could only have time for two. And, yeah. you know, like th there are things that have happened, people that you held in high regard that said things about you that you knew weren't true, but yeah. it became a thing to the point where then you felt like, wait a minute, I, do I even want to be here? Yeah. Um, and then that has impacted your thoughts about God, yes. you know, like thinking that the church is God, right? The church right. is supposed to be the bride, right? And when we say yeah. church, we're talking about the body of Christ, not yeah. a building, not a building with a name on it and a certain people who have hurt you. Um, but sometimes all of that gets conflated yeah. and we want to make sure that we give grace and space here to mm -hmm. make it clear that whatever hurt you have experienced in a church full of people and whatever hurt you may feel in the future, that you don't get that twisted with God and how God feels about you. Because yeah. the church is supposed to be a place for the sick, right? Yeah. And sometimes, uh, the sick are leading ministries. Sometimes the sick are preaching from the pulpit. So we have to give grace. We have to understand we're all humans. <laughs> we're all, you know, walking our walks out, right? With, with God or without him, right. um, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, he's with us. But do we want to acknowledge um, him and his presence in our lives and his desire to love us and love on us? Yeah. You know, you can, you can have a, an awareness that God is, but what happens when you don't really get to live out that relationship, when you don't really get to explore what it means to be in relationship with somebody who loves you as much as God does? I, that's why we're here. That's why yeah. we're here, because we're saying the only reason why we're here is because we know that we have a God who loves us and loves on us yeah. through the tough times, through the nonsense through the craziness right. that he's here and he cares and 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 is rejoicing over us and i'm glad that you brought up church hurt right like it's like hashtag church hurt right i feel like uh everyone's been through that whether it's come from administration or uh, sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so right like in the parking lot in the in the women's bathroom you know what i mean at some yes. point right if, if you attend church long enough, it's going to happen. Why, and why does it happen? Because we are all, right, seeking the same God, all on this road of sanctification, all needing, all needing his healing, deliverance, all of that. We, we all still need it, right? And I think sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, that comes in, um, not even sometimes, it comes in because we put people in places where they really shouldn't be, right? Right. I, I hear, hear me. I am not saying not do not honor your pastor. I am. I am not saying that at all. Right. You should absolutely nope. honor your pastor. Right. You should absolutely be married, mm -hmm. first lady, all of that stuff. I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying that they're not perfect. I am saying that they need moments of grace. I am saying that the amount of responsibility that those individuals uh, have accepted because you ain't got to be, you won't have to accept it. Many are called, right? 
you don't have to you don't have to accept that position, right? They've accepted it. They may not walk it out and they are growing in Christ as you are growing in Christ, right? Different rates, different speeds, but they're still growing in Christ and, and those things do happen. But it doesn't mean that Christ does not love you. It doesn't mean that that my pastor is God, right? And I think that's where it gets real muddy, right? When you are mm-hmm. when you are working unto your pastor and not working unto God, right? And mm-hmm. and here's the thing about it. God uses all of that. He uses all of it for our good, right? He uses all of it for our maturity, for our growth, right? He uses it so that you can go back and strengthen someone else, so you can go back and guide someone else, right? So that you can you can keep family, family, right? Because sometimes people get yes. so hurt, they leave the church. They do not come back. They do not come back, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them go to the opposite end. Some of them become agnostic, right? Where they're like, yeah, I believe God's there, but, uh, right? There's so many people who are like, I can't stand church people. I can't stand church. I can't, right? A lot of it, a lot of it has mm-hmm. happened, but at the end of it, you all, please, 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 please. And we're talking from a place of experience, right? Mm-hmm. You have to separate those things. You have to separate those mm-hmm. things and you have to forgive. You have to forgive. Right. And a lot of times we feel like we can't forgive unless we have some type of closure or an explanation or we ain't we ain't get to give you our peace. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't have to have mm-hmm. any of those things actually to move into a place of forgiveness. You really so don't. Good. You really don't. It's really about you. Yeah. And, and really keeping at the forefront of that is that Jesus died on the cross. For anybody who would accept him, he died on the cross for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And God sees them through the filter of Jesus, right? And so if God still sees them through the filter of Jesus, then what is your filter about? <laughs> like your personal last Hello? filter, right? Yes. It's your challenge to also see people through the lens of Jesus and, and give them grace. As I promise you, the moment that you remove grace from people is the same place, is the same place that you fall in, that you like, oh my gosh, right? Now, now look Mm -hmm. at me, right? I'm in Mm -hmm. that same place, right? And so you have to extend um, that, that level of grace and, and just, we just, you know, at the, at the end of it, right? You cannot disappoint God. You cannot, because he already knows what you're going to do. And he still sent Mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. He still did it. Come on. Yes. And he still did it. (laughs) He still did it. He still yeah. did it. And he, you know, he even when you think about, um, I don't know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about the the woman who committed adultery and, you know, the people yeah. who wanted to stone her, you know, and Jesus is no, literally Lord. writing in the writing in the sand, writing in the dirt. And he says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And it's amazing to me when you really think about how much hatred has been put out into this world under the banner yeah. of, of God, under the banner of oh, Jesus. And, God. you know, yeah. um, it's just, it's, it's really, really, really alarming. And uh, I, I think what we really want you all to um, embrace is, is his unconditional love for you, his unconditional love for the person who hurt you. Um, his unconditional love for the people that you don't understand. Um, 
and 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 really a charge to stand with him. Don't be on the wrong side. <laughs> Don't be on the wrong side of any of this, right? He loves. That's it. That's it. He loves all of us. And so um I I know we're coming up on our time here. So Yeah. Dina, did you have anything else you wanted to share in closing? You know what? I I really don't. I think that I hope, I pray that um, you picked up what we was trying to lay down today. Like, I'm so old school. (laughs) Why am I saying that? (laughs) You picking up what I'm trying to lay down? No. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, But no, I don't. I don't have anything to add. Do you do you want to wrap it up and, and close them out with prayer? Sure. Yes. Lord God, we just thank you so much for this time, this opportunity to connect. We pray for everybody who has tuned in, that's listening to this, Lord God, that they have a fresh understanding of your love for them. Just as they wake up every morning, Lord God, may they just sense your presence, your love for them. May they understand that even if they're going through a really difficult time in their lives right now, that you care so much about them, that you delight in them, even as they make mistakes, even as we make mistakes, you care for us. You're there for us that you don't want us to shy away from you. You want us to run to you, Lord God. So we just pray right now for everybody. Uh, We just pray for a new, a renewed mind, new understanding, new awareness of just how much you care for us. Help us to deal with the things that have been bogging us down, the rejection, the disapproval, the people pleasing spirits, like all of that is not of you. And we know that it's not of you. So we thank you that you are a present help, that you will help us to to cast all of that aside and to take on the the easy, take on the light, take on the presence that you have gifted us with so that we can walk in peace and in joy and in love. So we praise you and thank you right now, Lord God. And we pray for everybody here that we can just become more like you, that we will spread your love. And we thank you for giving us this privilege to be able to share this space. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And I think we wanted to close out in a new way. We told you all Kumi Sheree means arise beloved. So that is our greeting, salutation, benediction, all the things. So we wish that for you. We pray that for you. Kumi Sheree. Kumi Sheree, y'all. Till next time.